Toastmasters, would-be Toastmasters, listeners and friends. It's your good friends, the talk show for talkers again. Welcome. Let's see now. We have an email address. We love you to send us emails. The address is info at irishtalkers.com. Please do send us your feedback so we know you're enjoying what we do. And maybe you can give us ideas of what you'd like us to cover in the future. You can also find all our previous podcasts on our website. That is irishtalkers.com. We're also on Facebook as the Talk Show for Talkers. I'm joined today by Mr. Paul Omani. Well, it's very good to be here, listeners, but it's even better that you're here. And also by Mr. James Finnegan. Hello, Moira. Thank you for that lovely introduction. And I'm Moira O'Brien, your host for today. What have we got in store for you in the show today? Well, we're going to talk about officer training, club officer training, which you may or may not be going through at the moment. We have a word of the week and... uh, it's going to be a little bit about creativity in James's segment. So to start us off with what for us is certainly very much a, a matter of the moment, Paul is going to talk to us a little bit about club officer training. Paul. What is Toastmasters? What do you think Toastmasters is? And I have a couple of suggestions for you. Number one Toastmasters is an educational organization. Well, I have authority for that. Ralph C. Smedley, who founded the organization, said it was an educational organization. So if you agree, you're under the same banner as Ralph C. Smedley. Number two, Toastmasters is a learning organization. Now, I don't remember Ralph C. Smedley telling me that Toastmasters was a learning organization, but then I haven't read all of his writings. And many, many senior people in Toastmasters and indeed many club presidents have in the past called Toastmasters a learning organization. And here's my own, my own special one that I'm going to go around telling everybody this year. Toastmasters is a continuous improvement organization. Continuous improvement. People join Toastmasters in order to improve. Improve their ability to make friends. Improve their ability to become captain of their golf club. Includes their ability to teach other people. Include their ability to become influential and get elected. And any other goal that an individual might have. And improve their ability to feel confident, perhaps. So... All that is massive long list, continuous improvement. And everybody who's a club leader, I think if they're worth their salt, although you've got to be careful about language like that, is actually keen on the continuous improvement of themselves. And if they're generous enough, continuous improvement of their club so that it will be able to help the members to continuously improve. Now, rather than mention the the phrase continuous improvement all the time, let's start with the basics. Does Toastmasters provide enough learning opportunities for its leaders? 
Well, certainly there are loads of practice in a Toastmasters club, massive amount of practice. But what about the committee? What about those who get elected to lead the club? Do they receive any leadership training? Anything in addition to help them serve the members even better? Do they receive any learning to help them to operate as a team, as a group that can provide coherence and direction during the year and keep it up and not burn themselves out? Is there any training for club officers? Now, some of you know there is, and some of you don't know there is. I hope there are some of you who don't know there is training, because I do hope some of you are learning about Toastmasters, perhaps for the first time. Maybe you only joined last week. Club officer training. Who's it for? Well, in most places, club officer training, anybody can go to it. But let's stick with the people who it's mainly aimed at, the club president. In my opinion, the most important person in a club. But anyway, the club president. Vice President Education, the Public Relations person, the Finance person, the Secretariat, the Sergeant at Arms, and I hope I'm not forgetting anybody. Oh, yes, I am. Uh, I'm forgetting the immediate past club president. The membership person, did I include them? Yes, I got that. I'm getting my team here behind me. Is signaling me that I finally got it right. All of these people are invited to go to training. Now, in the old days, in the clubs I'm familiar with, there used to be a culture of, oh, four of us have to go. And I've seen club leadership say, which of the four of you would like to go to training? We need to get four in order to become distinguished or at least go on that road. But that's finished now in District 71, our District Director, our leader in chief of the district has said that as far as she's concerned, all officers should be trained. Now, that's what you'd expect, isn't it? You definitely wouldn't expect the leader to be saying, look, let's get the minimum number of our officers trained. That would imply that the training wasn't any good and that the others didn't need to have it. If the club officer training, which is going on now, which all over the world began on the 1st of June and goes on until the 31st of August. Yes, it does. You can be trained in June for your future role. And that's a darn good idea, isn't it? Even though you don't take up office until, if you like, the 1st of July. Isn't it great to get yourself trained before you become one of the leaders? After the club members have put their trust in you. Oh, yes. Your trust has been placed in you. You've been given some support. Here's the thing. As a learning organization, and I'm sure some of you listening to me nodded your head when I said, is it a learning organization? Perhaps there will be some extra training during the year and not just three hours in the summer and three hours around Christmas time or January or February or even December, perhaps you deserve a bit more. And do you know how you will get additional training? I'll tell you. Ask your area director. And if the area director doesn't know where you can get extra training, the area director can go upstairs, or should I say, into the next room, to the division director. And if the division director can't help you, the division director can go to the 
head of all education and training in the entire district. And who's that? None other in District 71 than Danny Banks. I won't list all the other ones all over the world, but the program quality director. And the reason every district has a program quality director is that somebody, but somebody has to be thinking about the overall develop people development and particularly because club officer training is geared at presidents sergeant at arms and everybody in between particularly because the program quality director must be thinking about succession they absolutely have to be thinking where are we going to get future district directors Just as division directors will be thinking about where are we going to get future division directors? Just as area directors, if they're worth their salt, and I'm sure they are, will be thinking about where's the next area director going to come from? And, and, and this is something that club officer training, I'm sure, will cover. Where on earth are we going to get members of the new committee? Now, you might think that I'm implying that a club, the club officers, the club committee should be actually also educating the members. Isn't that a preposterous idea that there should be educational sessions during the year in a Toastmasters club designed to help people to grow? Isn't it ridiculous that a club leadership team would be inviting occasionally some very good trainers to come in and run short training sessions. Well, of course it isn't. Of course you've been saying, no, it isn't, Paul. It's a darn good idea. So club officer training, to pull it all together in an educational organization, in an organization which is a learning organization, and in an organization that is dedicated to continuous improvement, is not desirable. It's Essential, essential. And all you club officers out there and all you area directors who are there to support them and all you division directors who are there to support the area directors while they support the club officers, isn't it your responsibility to develop yourself to be even better leaders? Isn't that why you joined up in the first place? Back to you. Madam Podcaster, Director General. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Yeah, I agree. You've, uh, you've pretty well covered the subject. I personally believe that education in Toastmasters is very important. And that covers everybody, not just division directors, district directors, district officers. It's right the way down to the brand new Toastmaster coming into a club for the first time. It's all about education. Or, to put it the way you did, it's a constant learning situation. How? Now? Would it Maura, be too- let's see James, if James would endorse that approach. After all, he is an incoming division director, one of the, you know, the most, well, in theory, the most influential Toastmaster in Counties Kerry, Limerick, Clare, East Tipperary and North Cork, I think. James, are you behind this uh, movement for continuous improvement? 
I, of course I am, Paul. Uh, I think that the one thing that Toastmasters never shout about is their education programs. And I'm not talking about pathways. I'm talking about there's lectures and talks on Sunday nights. There's other talks on Thursday nights. There are all sorts of options available and presented. And if you can't make a particular event, they're recorded. They're on the District 71 website. There is a whole pile of wonderful talks and inspirations from people all over the world, from world-class leaders in their field. And we should be yelling this from the rooftops because I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's continuous improvement. I think there is an attitude by some, not by all, but by some, that I've done this before and I don't need to do it again. But as we know, change is constant. And there are always new views, new methods, new ideas that we need to bring back to our members, that we need to use ourselves. I think the, the phrase continuous improvement is wonderful. It, what do they say in, in uh, business? Uh, ongoing professional development. I think we should start using those type of terms. And it is personal development. Wonderful. Well said. Well said. Now, would it be audacious of me to suggest that we might have a word of the week? I believe, James, you're going to give us the word this week. Well, I just thought I'd try something a little different. And this is a word that resonates. This is a word that actually fits in with what Paul has been talking about. The word of the week is audacious, daring, bold, original. And it goes back to the 16th century from Latin. And as a word that is coming back into fashion, audacious, it inspires you to get up and try something big, to try something new. And how appropriate it is as we speak on the cusp of a new year of Toastmasters. Be audacious, colleagues. Be audacious. I'm just looking at the uh, definition in my dictionary here, and it says one of the... Uh, descriptions is recklessly bold in defiance of con convention <laughs> i love that um I, the others are yeah as you say extremely bold or daring extremely original without restriction to prior ideas highly inventive but i love the recklessly bold in defiance of convention <laughs> that could well be me now and then Postmasters of the Broad Church, Moira, there's room for everyone. Absolutely. Well, that could be the start of an evaluation. That was a reckless... Yep, that's that. ...of convention. <laughs> that, Paul, was my first thought when James came up with the word. But let's move on. We won't be too audacious, I think, in the next segment because James is going to talk a little bit about creativity. James. Thank you, Moira. It's not a million miles away from what Paul was talking about in terms of continuous improvement. And as we have just found out, the baton has been passed from one committee to the next, from one officer to the next. And you're sitting there thinking, what am I going to do? How can I bring my own stamp onto this role, onto this office, onto this position? A few weeks back, I was asked to give a talk to school children about Bloomsday. Now, trust me, there is no less child-friendly book than Ulysses. 
You're, you're, you're not joking there. <laughs> Sorry, it carry is on. Book that even adults, should they get past page five, will learn so much about humanity. But in the total Toastmaster tradition, I turned around and said, yes, challenge accepted. So I got the children to think about a day in their lives, how creative they could be. Are there writers? We ran an art competition. And let me tell you, there are some wonderful artists in the upcoming generations in Tralee and County Kerry. They were imaginative. They were colourful. They were different. They were individual. Dare I say it, they were audacious in their scope. So imagination, creativity in reading, in writing, isn't that something that we are bound to encourage? Isn't that something that we should be encouraging, not only with the younger generation, but with our new members, with our new committees? As Mary Shelley once said, the beginning is always today. And yet creativity is that spark that brings all the engineers and the scientists because everyone has to sit down and think about where do they want to be? How are they going to get there? When are they going to get there? And that all starts with a blank page and a big idea. We recently interviewed Elizabeth Jordan, our incoming district director, and she walked into a a Toastmaster meeting and was encouraged and supported. And each and every one of us can think of someone who encouraged us and supported us and said, yes, you can do it. Aim high, think big, let your imagination soar. Last weekend, I went to a talk in Dublin by Colonel Chris Hatfield. He's the Canadian Space Shuttle Commander who has helped build two space stations, has done 15 hours of spacewalks, And he told this wonderful story about how during one of the walks, a tear had appeared in his eye. Normally not a problem. You'd wipe it. But of course, if you're outside in space, not only do you have big gloves, but you have a big helmet as well. And you can't lift it up and take it out. But he didn't panic because of the training, because of the experience, because of the imagination and creativity of people. His whole talk was about how all these imaginative ideas can help bring you from one spot to the other. And he typically, at the end of the talk, asked if there were any questions. A young child put his hand up and asked, even though he had experienced a tear in his eye, what would happen if he had an itchy nose out on his spacewalk? And would you believe they had thought of that? Inside the helmet, There's a little piece of plastic sticking out. And by stretching around and by craning your neck and by twisting your head, you can get that little piece of plastic just sticking outside and you can scratch your nose. Aim high, think big, and let your imagination soar. Because someone somewhere thought to put a little plastic stick so you could scratch your nose when you're outside a space shuttle in the depths of space. I'm also encouraged by the Richard Branson quote. If somebody offers you an amazing opportunity, but you're not sure if you can do it, say yes, and then learn how to do it later. And as Paul so generously said, I'm an incoming district director. No, sorry, I'm an incoming division director. Sorry, in football, it's the other way around. But anyway, am I 
am I able to do this? Well, the first thing I did was I asked people who knew me, who would not be afraid to tell me the truth, who would be only too delighted to say, no, you can't, be quiet, sit down. But each and every one of them said, yes, you can. And they offered their support, and they offered their encouragement, and they offered their mentorship. We are so fortunate in Toastmasters to have so many people that help, support, encourage. And when I say help, I mean practically. I mean actually be there as a listening board, to be there as an advisor. You are never, never alone when you're taking up these offices. Be it humble, be it great. So aim high, think big, and let your imagination soar. Trust me, you will be great. You know, when you gave that quote from Richard Branson, I was thinking back to my career in the days when I was actually a, a wage slave. I reckon that on two or three occasions, I was promoted to my level of incompetence and literally had to learn, A, what the job was, and B, how on earth I was going to do it on the job, whilst pretending to my bosses that I actually knew what I was doing. It was a challenge. But I succeeded. There you go, Moira. You're the living embodiment of taking that high chance. Audacious chance, may I say. You may indeed. And on that audacious note, we can bring this episode of the Talk Show Talkers to a close. Thank you for listening. If you've been with us right to the end, well done. And we'll see you again next week when we will be bringing you another interview. So from myself, Moira O'Brien, from Paul Amani, who's stepped out, and from James Finnegan, who is staring me in the face, we'll say goodbye. See you next week. Goodbye now. Bye.